This week on Movie Time Machine, an NYPD officer tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by a German terrorist during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. This is Die Hard. Welcome to Movie Time Machine, your retro movie review podcast where we take movies from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie, Die Hard, released near 1988, directed by John McTiernan. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. Yeah, that sounds right. All right, cool. No idea. <laughs> I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and I want to introduce you to my Time Machine co-host. As always, he's our living encyclopedia of movie knowledge at NES Cart Collector. It's James, and James, is there a die-hard NES game? Uh, not NES, but 100% there's a PlayStation die-hard game. And oh, yes, it, yeah. It was PS1. awesome. Yeah, for PS1. It was by far the game most played, I would say, until Madden became a thing. Um, He's our haggard-looking, 80s-loving, viral video-watching guru. It's Casey. Yippee-ki-yay. And he's our sports reporter, Mr. Fish Rep Factory himself, host of the Midwest Mountain Sports Report podcast. It's Jamie. Yeah, most people write to movie stars. This Simpson guy writes to movies. Dear Die Hard, you rock. All right, before we get into our movie of the week, you guys want to do some news? Sure. Time for news. Casey has a Halo review for us. And then quick, I just wanted to go through IMDb a couple days ago, put out a list of like the top 10, like most anticipated movies and uh, TV series of 2022. So I thought we'd just go through that list quick and get your thoughts on what's upcoming and your excitement level. And then we'll get into Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie or not? And then at the end, too, I thought maybe we can go through um, like some of our favorite Christmas movies, which we did a couple years ago on our Christmas vacation episode. Um, I thought maybe we could just revisit it and see if there would be any changes to that, if you can remember. But if there's any new ones you would like to add to that list. So but first, Casey, you've been playing Halo, which is free if you have Game Pass or available on Game Pass. Yeah, that subscription. So. Halo, the new game. What is it about? Which Halo? Halo how many Halos Halo, are there? Halo. This is, you know, I think this is Halo 6, the sixth one, because I think the last one before this was Halo 5. But there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, side ones. There was Halo Reach, uh, ODST. There was a Halo Wars series. And uh, so a little backstory uh, for anyone not in the know. I uh, am on the COVID reserve list. Uh, I've recently been... Uh, tested positive for COVID. So I'm quarantining away from my family and have nothing else to do and uh, but, you know, work and then play video games. So I've had a lot of time to dive headfirst into Halo. I think it uh, I think it came out right, right before, right after my whole quarantine started. So, uh, yeah, Halo. I also spent an hour and a half watching this YouTube compilation that basically explained all of the story up until now and i think i've played all of them so i knew vaguely you know the bits and pieces but man there's a ton of lore and story that uh, if you didn't know it you'd be 
I don't know, not super confused in this game, but uh, needless to say, I think I'm about 20 minutes from the end. Uh, it's been super fun. I enjoy it. If you liked any of the other Halo games in the past or ever uh, played Halo, you know, had Halo land parties as a kid, uh, you know, I think it's worth checking out. It's a fun one. Hey, Casey, real quick. Don't think, just answer. Favorite Halo game. Go. Halo 2. Same. Just just check it. Because of the multiplayer. We played a ton of multiplayer. Um, really close was Halo 3. I almost went with Halo 3. We played a ton of multiplayer in that too so those are the games i played the most in my youth yeah that was a question i had for you is now when you're you're talking about playing this game you you like it you're 20 minutes from the end so the campaign are you kind of more of like a campaign guy versus multiplayer or like the dabble in both or has that changed over time uh, i always play always gonna play the the single player the story in halos gotta at least beat them once um just because they're always fun and to be honest, it makes you better at the multiplayer because you get to experience and try out all the guns throughout the game um, before then you can go play multiplayer. Um, when I was, you know, younger and didn't have kids, I would play a lot more multi and do a lot more of those things, you know, sit down and grind an hour or two of, of playing online. Um, the multiplayer for this game actually came out a few weeks ago, uh, I believe just for free for anyone, not even Game Pass, or maybe you needed a Game Pass there too. Um, I can't remember, but I actually grabbed that and was playing that before the campaign even came out. Um, so I will jump in and play some multiplayer here and there. I'm really not that good. Uh, I've lost a lot of my fast twitch reaction and a lot of these zoomers, these little kids run around and just murk me really bad. Um, I'm definitely in the bottom half of my team every time, but it's still fun. I'm telling you, it might sound like a, an excuse, but you play, you watch any younger person who like there's just the reaction time with their hand-eye coordination is is out of this world when i was first dating my wife uh her brother her youngest brother was i think 11 or 12 she had a, a you know really really young brother and uh i added him on xbox because i was still playing call of duty and that kid would would go like 30 and 2 and just absolutely destroy people and here i am just dying. Sorry, when I say 30 and 2, I mean he got like 30 kills and only died twice. Like, that's a, a pretty crazy ratio uh, when you're playing a Call of Duty type game. So, yeah, I know these little kids just work me. I'm pretty bad. Yeah, and it doesn't take much, <laughs> no. you know, and delay to, uh, yeah, to have an advantage or disadvantage. So, cool. That's good news that uh, I know that there's been a lot of hype about this game. One thing I've never played a Halo game. I think I maybe played the original Halo. Sure. You like, probably were at a Yeah, you played the original, I'm sure. Yeah, I picked up like a I picked up like the OG Xbox, like towards the end of its mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, life cycle, right mm -hmm. before the 360 launched. Yeah, um, I got it pretty cheap. I got to say Master Chief, right? He's like the main character. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. That has to be like one of the most generic looking like video game <laughs> yeah, protagonists. Dude, I, know. Like, I mean, I don't I think know. The problem is that the it all stems from that first game, which was, you know, the first Xbox game, the first of of like that genre on Xbox and on this brand new console, this new technology that people hadn't done a lot of stuff with. Yeah. Um, 
And then now that's, oh, those are the characters we made, and now we have to build this entire universe around these little green polygons that we just happened to make this space soldier for this video game, and now we have to build all this lore around him. So they're kind of shafted from the beginning. Compare him to all the other characters. If you watch any of this cutscenes from like Halo 3, 4, and 5, the, the more recent ones, you look at Master Chief compared to all these other alien races they've introduced, and he's just so boring compared to like these other cool things they've been able to actually be creative with. I mean, you probably think like, you know, like a body armor upgrade, yeah. suit upgrade. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as they introduce other, other like variants of the, you know, space military that exists in that universe they have cooler you know cool outfits the when they did like the i think it was halo odst i don't know one of them's like a prequel i don't know they kind of there's a whole timeline you just like there's with like marvel and star wars like Mm -hmm. which game slots into where but some of the newer games they had some some pretty cool armor master chief is like that rock star or pop star whatever it's kind of celebrity that like when they became popular or like got their fame, they had like a hairstyle mm-hmm. and it's they've had the same exact <laughs> hairstyle for three decades. Yep. Brett Michaels. Yep. Yep. Brett Michaels, Keith Urban. Um, I think it's Keith Urban. I don't know. The guy that's married to. Uh, yeah, he has uh, the Rachel haircut. Keith Urban. Yeah. Yep. Dude, yep. Come yep. On, yep. Man. yep. Or like. Any like rocks, I don't know. It's like, dude, man, you're famous. You gotta have some cash. Change it up, man. It's just weird. If yeah, but see, Master Chief wears armor. You don't see the wrinkles. Yeah, that's true. Thanks for that review, Casey. Did you guys get a chance to look at this list I pulled from IMDb for most anticipated movies of 2022? I mean, I did, but for the rest of the group that probably didn't, shame on you guys. Let's recap it. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll run through it, and um, yeah, after I go through this top ten, just yeah, we'll just go around the table. If any of these like pop out to you, is like yeah, I can't wait for this. And if there's anything on here, you're just like, dude, no, why is this in the top ten? So we'll start from number one. We'll go to ten. Uh, number one is the Batman. Two is Scream. And we have Thor: Love and Thunder. Top Gun: Maverick. Then we have Killers of the Flower Moon, which I haven't seen anything on. I was just trying to read up on mm-hmm. that quick. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Then we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, then another Mission Impossible movie, Mission Impossible 7. I guarantee that James and Jamie are pumped for this one. Uh, uh, the Uncharted the Uncharted movie and The Flash. So, yeah. Uh, let's start with Jamie. Jamie, any of these pop out to you? Oh, Scream, first and foremost. Yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of this franchise. Probably one of my favorite horror franchises. I think Alien is first, but Scream is a very close second. Yeah, we get Nev Campbell back, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. Like, fuck yeah, let's go. I'm so pumped. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that when we went to Dune, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm on board for that, for this. So I have to watch. I've only seen the first Scream, so maybe I need to watch a couple more maybe to get caught up on the on the on the lore it looks like but you should i know james is a big scream head too yeah no i love scream i'm excited about this i like that when they've brought out the movies and it'll be interesting to see if this uh goes into any of the tv show which i did not watch jamie did you i did it was actually it 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 was an mtv teen thing but surprisingly better than i would have guessed but it's for like diehard fans only 
after that basic review, I kind of want to watch it now. Thank you, Jamie. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I'm in for Scream. I, I love the, what they've done with the franchise and the fact that they're bringing everybody back and even just bringing it back to it's not like Scream Five Ghostface Killer lives. Like it's just gonna, it's just called Scream. Like I like the simple title, like Facebook. Just kidding. Yeah, it's like a soft reboot. <laughs> get rid, get rid of the the. Um. Yeah. So screen anything besides Scream jump out for you, James? I mean, obviously, I'm going to see Mission Impossible. This is probably one of my favorite franchises. Um, ever since J.J. Uh, Abrams took over in three, uh, I love where they've gone with it. And even the humor and the action sequences are over the top. Tom Cruise is always over the top, which I love. So, yeah, I'm all in for that. Um, obviously, the Batman, I'm not going to get into that too much. I am pretty excited to see what they do with The Flash. I know with Spider-Man coming out. Like these two movies are going to be like rivaling each other to how crazy are they going to get in these comic book universes. Um, But I'm really excited about having, you know, Michael Keaton come back as Batman and kind of see where they go with this storyline. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. With the flash, I I just watched the trailer for that this morning or whatever teaser there was. And like at the end, it shows uh, the flash or whatever the character got do that's playing the flash. He like sees like it that's must be like the Batmobile, like covered up with like a tarp or something. And he's like, whoa. And he like rips off the tarp. And then that's the end of the trailer. It's like, oh, it's totally going to be like the Batmobile from the uh, Tim Burton Batman. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, did you notice with the voiceover? I think the voiceover in that trailer is Michael Keaton. Yeah. 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 So that that's my guess, too, is it's the Tim Burton Batmobile, which, yeah, he has a right to be amazed over. So, yeah, no, it should be a lot of fun. Um, and then I guess for me, like I, um, I think I read the killer of the flower moon title before, like, Hey, this is coming out for a Scorsese movie in a couple of years, but yeah, just like you, Chad, I'm excited. It's Scorsese. No clue what it's about. Yeah. Here, a uh, quick synopsis here. It says members of the Osage is, is it Osage or Osage tribe in the United ask, States. Ask your wife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. The United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. So, yeah, sounds interesting. And this is a Scorsese film? It says so. I'm wondering, oh, cool. like, is it is it like directed or just produced? But No, it is directed by him, too. Yeah, cool. yeah. that's awesome. Awesome. Excited for that. Did anybody, watch, or anybody uh, play Uncharted then? Because I don't know a lot about this. I just assume this is going to be a new... Indiana Jones type movie franchise that they're going to try to build up on and disappoint us like they usually do. Oh, my opinion. This looks so bad. (laughs) This is going to, it's going to be so bad. And just from, I've played all the Uncharted games and it looks like they try to cram all the games into one movie, at least for action sequences. (laughs) Well, that's disappointing. I do remember like they were trying to put this together almost like 10 years ago, I want to say. And it was supposed to be, uh, Mark Wahlberg was going to be the main character, not Tom Holland. Is it Mark Wahlberg in it though? Yeah. He's Sully. I never played the games. Mm. Took too long. He probably aged out of the role. Well, that's what, that's my guess too. I, I, well, and Chad, to your point, I think they did that with like the most recent, recent resident evil movie. I didn't see it, but it sounds like they combined, um, the original game and raccoon city into one movie. And I heard the same thing. It did not work. It was just too much all over the place. 
yeah because like watching the trailer i'm just like okay this they're recre- recreating the scene from this part of this game they're recreating the scene from like this part in this game yeah we'll see but i i'm guessing it's gonna flop at least in reviews but i mean we'll if, they're, if they're really thinking they just would have casted tom cruise i mean that man doesn't age he still could have played the 25 year old yeah <laughs> just saying uh casey anything for you yeah, my the only observation I have is that every film on this list is like none of it's original. It's all in you know previous intellectual property. I guess except for Killers of the Flower Moon, but that seems like it's a you know based on a true story, right? Yeah, yeah it looks from like what it I'm was gathered, a book. Yeah. A book. Yeah. I, I guess I don't really mind a book adaptation. But yeah, a lot of these are, are reboots, right? Throwbacks and reboots, you know? Scream, how many Batmans have we seen? Which Batman is this? Is this the Pattinson one? Yeah. yeah. No, is this in the same like universe as the Justice League that just came out? Or is this its own side thing now? Well, here, let's throw this at you. Maybe. when Because the Flash, I think, comes out before it. Oh, no. Is the Flash like multi-parallel universe junk now, too? The Flash will be multi-parallel yeah. junk stuff now. Uh, okay, okay. But uh, never mind, Batman does come out before Flash. So, but I mean, now, like, that's the thing. You know, is, who's to say? Who's to say? Like, with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man coming out and with this Flash movie, they could be bringing all sorts of crap together. So you can't really tell. But I know I noticed that, too, that it's all sequels, reboots, prequels, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, except for the Scorsese one. So... Um, go Scorsese on original content. Yeah, I guess. I think if I had to pick the thing I'm the most excited for, it's probably Doctor Strange. I'm kind of a Marvel head now, and uh, I really do like the doc. I think the Doctor Strange movie is pretty good, um, and I love the parallel dimensions and multiverse junk. And uh, I think early reviews so far of the new Spider-Man is that it's really, really good as well. So I assume it'll, you know, this new Doctor Strange mm-hmm. will play off of that, and they'll this film will open up, you know more pocket dimensions for this next definitely dude i really want my gwen stacy thought to come out in this movie i think it'd be so funny if she ripped off her uh spider woman mask thing and it was emma stone from the andrew garfield spider-man like she just showed up or whatever in this multi i would love to see some of those uh you know alternate uh, alternate dimensions spider-men yeah spider women yeah i think like miles and gwen yeah, I think it'd be really cool. Jamie, was it you that was saying that you think that they're making like this movie potentially is making room for the Miles Morales, or was that you, Case? Uh, I think that was me because uh, that was your prediction. What's his face? Well, no, Tom Holland in an interview made a comment about it, saying something like, "I'm not going to be the feature of Spider-Man. I think Miles is going to be the feature of Spider-Man," and uh, he's like notorious for spoiling junk. So if anyone had ever told him, hey, we're going to do X amount of movies with you and then transition, you know, he probably just spoiled it without knowing he spoiled it. Yeah, he's going to be Nathan Drake now in Uncharted. Yeah, he's going to make yeah four movies. Here we go. All right. But we didn't talk about one of the most anticipated movies coming out soon that I just saw a trailer for. Or I didn't see a trailer for. I saw the poster for. And now I don't want to see the trailer because I'm just going to go see it. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yeah. I mean, you have playing? we talked about that? Did anybody see that movie? That movie was surprisingly no. really good. Yeah, I just, yeah, same here. I'm with you. I'm with you, James. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Chad, we did yeah, it. We did, we did it. It only, it only took two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Jamie, Casey, have you seen the Sonic movie? No, I haven't seen any Sonic. Negative. Yeah, it was this surprisingly is the one where he had teeth fun. and then he didn't, right? It was yeah. just <laughs> he, was, yeah, they... he was animated really, really weird. And I think the fans went crazy over Twitter. And then they held the movie back like six months and spent X amount of dollars to redo Sonic. <laughs> hey, that mean I'm glad they took the feedback and and did what the fans wanted. I think that's a yeah. pretty cool thing. Yeah, no, yeah, it's fun. Um, we've watched it quite a few times. It was like maybe last summer, whenever it hit like streaming services, we watched that quite a bit with the family and the kids. So, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for this new one too. So, check it out. Some classic Sonic characters are are going to be in this one. It looks like. All right, that was the news. Are you guys ready for a movie of the week? Yeah. This week's movie is Die Hard. So I think everyone here has seen this movie except for Casey. I haven't seen this yes. movie in quite a... I haven't like sat down and watched this movie in a long time. I Obviously, this movie is on TV quite a bit, so I've probably seen bits and parts of it. But um, up until today when I watched it, I probably couldn't tell you anything from this movie except Yippee-Ki-Yay, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Casey, why don't you shoot first this is your first time jumping into this so. yeah and i think you've said this has been on your list so yeah what'd you think of this 1988 action flick i know i know that uh you teased it for later in the pod so i'm just gonna dangle this out there but before watching this you know i always heard people say oh, die hard's a christmas movie <laughs> and i always thought it was a joke and i think there's an actual discussion that we're gonna have to have about whether or not it's a christmas movie now that I've seen it. But anyways, let's stumble into a review. Um, you know, I th- I thought this was a good movie. I thought it was, um, I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was a pretty good uh, high standard for an action film. Um, I think, uh, shoot, what's Hans Gruber? I think he is a, a really well fleshed out and uh, unique villain, right? Really uh, taught and and proper and you know dressed well but also like super evil and will just like shoot you in the head um and is unpredictable so i found myself you know on the edge of my seat whenever he was on the screen i thought you know he uh you know he anything could happen he was unpredictable um but uh i thought he was really cool i thought he was a good villain um you know i think bruce willis is great i'm maybe i have a soft spot for him i watched a lot of bruce willis movies when i was younger you know, unironically watched Armageddon ton, you know, when I was younger, that mm. type of thing. So, you know, I got a little bit of a soft spot for Bruce Willis, and this is pretty much quintessential. You know, he was born for this role, right? A um, lot of rambling, um, but I think it's a, you know, super solid action movie. I thought it was clever. Um, obviously, I have, you know, there are some gripes. I thought some things don't hold up as well, you know, from that era to now. But uh, other than that, I thought it was good. I'd give it a three and a half, I think, out of five. All right. Yes. <laughs> what were some of the grapes? Your little, your little my nipples. my biggest the biggest thing that kind of took me out of it is all the damn conversations over the radio. The heart felt yes. like yes. when he's like picking glass out of his feet, and then uh, you know what's his face from. You know the dude from Carl all, Winslow. From, yeah, Carl yeah. Winslow. Thank you. From family. When Carl matters. Winslow was like telling about how uh, about how he you know shot a kid and all this stuff, and I was like, 
man, are the terrorists listening to this and just like laughing about them? (laughs) Who else? This is a wide open thing. It's not like you're talking to them on a cell phone. So that kind of took me out of it. They got so deep (laughs) in some of those like radio conversations. Okay. So it's almost like it's like they used it as a, as the, you know, a character building thing. And whenever it, it felt out of place. It was always when he was talking to the cop and the cop was on like his car radio. So it almost, it it almost made it feel like they were trying to play it off. Like they were on their own channel or like no one else is listening to him. It gave you that sense, but it's like, man, that just kind of took me out of it. No, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I I, I was only thinking even like, like if they wanted to re not redo Die Hard, of course, but like they can make another movie and it's basically verbatim except for like John McClane is like the terror, like he's the bad guy and the terrorists are the good guy in some way. It's like this heist movie and they're just like laughing over the walkie over all these heartfelt conversations of what's going on. Or it could be even turn into like a horror movie, like where you don't see John McClane, like in that first scene, like where he runs the like the circular saw or whatever. And then the guy goes, the terrorist goes over there and no one's there. <laughs> like it's like, like there's ghosts in this place. I don't know. I was thinking we could play this movie several different ways, um, but I was laughing pretty hard at the radio conversations as well. Yeah, I like the idea of like just to have the movie, <clears throat> excuse me, from the like the point of view of the terrorist. And yeah, you don't see John McClane until like maybe the end, you know, or whenever they like say um, Hans and like him like come face to face. But yeah, that would be awesome. But yeah, laughing over their conversation, that would be great. That would be a really funny like comedy movie, uh, that type of film, but shot from the perspective of one of the lackeys. It's like following a lackey through a failed thing where a hero comes and saves the day, but the main character of the movie is just a nameless lackey. It should be, that would be a funny movie from the point of view of like the guy that pretty much the last terrorist alive at the end that John, uh, that Carl Winslow, um, shot. (laughs) Like it's like, it's like this, like brother buddy comedy movie. And like, they're making fun of each other. Like, Oh my God, why did you wear just straight gray sweatpants and sweatshirt to this, uh, event? We're trying to rob a building here. (laughs) Why'd you be more professional little bro? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you could do this. Also, I think that a missed opportunity for many people to wear group costumes for Halloween. I don't think a lot of people would get it, but is John McClane, Hans Gruber and the terrorists. (laughs) But that's just me. Did you guys know the tagline for this movie is probably the worst in the world? It will blow you through the back wall of the theater. <laughs> wow. God. It's too many words. It's <laughs> corny. James, oh. I have an important question, though. So what's the difference between a tagline and like what you see on the movie poster? Because those are different, right? See, I would say no. No, yeah. I would say most of the time it's one and the same. I don't. I mean, I don't. I, to be honest, like with if I didn't have the internet, the tagline would be what I read on the poster. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's one in the same. Um, but maybe, maybe it's the VHS thing then, because the v, the VHS or whatever the image is, it says forty stories of sheer adventure. That's right. I do remember that. Point. <laughs> I don't know. That I mean, that's a way. That's a better-ish tagline, but not it's going to blow you through the wall of the movie theater. God, it's terrible. Um, also, hey, and I was trying to pay attention. Did they once say the title of the movie in the movie? Like, why is it called Die Hard? Did anybody... 
Like, it, it's never once, like, John McClane was like, why don't you just die hard on Scrooge? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was trying to think, I'm like, why is this called Die Hard? Who came up with that? That had to have been a producer that was just like, nine, eight, or it wasn't even 90s, it was 88. Just yeah. like, this This will get people in their seats. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be like, yeah, at the end, like, uh, you know, Winslow, the cop, like, once he finally, like, comes face to face with uh, McLean, like, he just is like, hey, what's up, Die Hard? And that's, like, no reason why. He just calls him Die Hard. Oh, I know, just to get it out there for the poster. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> no, but let's be honest. Carl Winslow's real name is Reginald, by the way. Um, Do you ever notice, I feel like I only see him playing cops. Like, because Carl Winslow was a cop, Al was a cop, and Turner and Hooch, he's a cop. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's, like, his... Uh, was he a, is he a cop in real life, maybe? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to do some research on that one. But in then case, uh, your comment about Alan Rickman, um, this, uh, as far as I can tell, was his first movie. Like, he did some TV stuff. It was mostly stage play before uh, Die Hard. Really? He, oh, he's so good he, in this. And then he got typecasted, because then all of a sudden he's Sheriff of Nottingham. He's uh, Snape. Like, he just is the, becomes like this villain. He's good. Yeah, good. I think this movie is way worse if anyone else is Hans Gruber. It just I just don't yeah. think it works as well. That's a fun conversation. I do like and I guess I don't know who anybody who else was up for it, but I do like when we uh review movies like this and then try to and I'll maybe I'll try that for next time. Do a little bit deeper dive of, "Hey, who was up for this?" cuz I think Bruce Willis was the only one up for John McClane, but like I like knowing that all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, Will Smith was going to be John McClane? Like, it just things like that. Like, <laughs> how is this going to go? It's like when you hear about um, Beverly Hills Cop and uh, Sylvester Stallone was signed on and then had to drop out because of scheduling, and then they got Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I'm just looking at uh, here is a screen rant. Ten actors who were considered to play John McClane. Ooh. All right. Uh, Frank Sinatra? Whoa. What? I mean, Sinatra was up for a Best Supporting Actor nomination, like, in 64. Yeah. Was he alive, Sinatra? Yeah, he died in, like, 90... The late 90s, I feel like. I was going to say, so eight years later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Frank. May you rest in peace. Yeah, it's so... Okay, Anyway, I don't know. That doesn't sound right. The Clint Eastwood, um, I guess, would make mm. a little bit more sense. That would have worked. Like, maybe the where they going? It was written as a retired cop in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit. I'll mm-hmm. save that for an- <laughs> No, that's in another movie. Um- <laughs> <laughs> it's genius. I'll save that for another Lethal Weapon movie. Yeah. That's a great title! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says this might have been back when the script was a lot darker. Um, Mel Gibson, speaking of uh, Lethal Weapon, uh, mm. Burt Reynolds, <laughs> Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <That's> funny name. <laughs> uh, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, I guess all these are making sense for the time, like 80s action flicks, but uh, Al Pacino. Whoa. <laughs> hmm. Hey, Hans. Hoo-ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, let's do it. I'm in. I'm Harris, sold. Harrison Ford. Okay. Do you know why this makes all a bunch of sense? The producer Joel Silver, because he yeah. he did Lethal Weapon. He produced Lethal Weapon. Yep. He produced Die Hard, Last Boy Scout, 
Like, yeah, this makes complete sense. Yeah, uh, assassins. <laughs> yeah. Robert De Niro and number one on here is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hmm. Did they make a Schwarzenegger reference in this movie? God, I swear they did. It was something like with like the C4 or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Ah. Anyway, that was your casting. What ifs um, or not? What ifs? What could have been? Um, so, yeah, James. So you coming back. When's the last time you watched this? Actually, I think everyone's kind of said it's been a while since they've seen it. So. Uh, it's been a couple years. I think I've watched yeah. uh, like probably I think it was last year. Maybe I um, came across the third Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I think I had only seen like once when it came out. Um, but otherwise, like this one, I haven't seen in. Uh, yeah, it's been at least three or four years, I'd say. So, um, but I still think I am excited for our debate of it, whether it's a Christmas movie or not. Okay. Put a pin in that. Let's move on to Jamie. Thoughts. When was the last time you seen this? What do you think going into this this last time? So, I that's hard to say. I feel like it's been within the past two or three years, but this movie is very familiar to me. I've, I've seen it enough. Um, yeah, and I remember the first time I watched it, it was like, you know, when you get these revered movies that you're like, all right, you're probably not shit. Like, I know everyone loves it, but, um, you know, I kind of had that attitude going into it. And I was like, whoa, this is. Yeah, OK. It's one of the greatest action movies ever. I love John McTiernan. Of course, like Predator is probably my favorite action movie of all time, which he also directed. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love this movie. I think um, I like your guys going through the from the villain's perspective, because I think that's why this movie is so good is um we everything comes in real time and we figure stuff out as like McLean figures it out like we don't know what these terrorists are doing we don't know why they're there and um yeah we don't what we don't know what Argyle's doing in the garage oh wait yeah we do he's rocking out and yeah I just the <laughs> god that's the con- <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway continue sorry I didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> no that's okay I I was wrapping up it's just for me the comedy works and in even the cheesy stuff I just love it because for me it's just too much fun it's like yeah okay Carl is like very dead but then he comes back with a machine gun and you know Al uses his service weapon to take him out I'm like whatever but at that point I don't care because I've had so much fun did did you notice when uh he was taking down names on his arms he spelt Carl with a k do you think he did that just because he heard the European accent or like I never would have that I would have gone with a c is that just something I thought about? Okay, I'll stop talking. Carl, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Google that shit. Yeah, um, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I like, going back into this. I don't I didn't really know like how I felt about it. And now that like Casey, like the the dialogue of like the like super deep kind of emotional stuff between McLean and 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 the cop and just these long kind of drowned out conversations. It kind of, my mind started to wander and was like, what's going on here? <laughs> like what's, I don't know what's, what's happening here, but also simultaneously I'm thinking like, I started feel this feels like hot fuzz, <laughs> right? You start to see like all the influences of these other like action movies um, of this type. Like this, I don't know, like you, like you said, like somebody said like last boy scout or like, bad boys like they, they all kind of have like the same stuff bad boys maybe gets a little like kind of more over the top but um yeah no i enjoyed yeah. it I like like you said casey i'd probably give it like a three and a half two um stars out of five but yeah it's a, it's actually yeah it was a fun movie and 
there's just parts of it though where it, it the comedy and stuff with uh, like Argon the car was actually made me laugh, cracked me up a bit. It's, it's really absurd and um, obnoxious that he would be sitting there like in this limo right outside the building and with all this other shit going on. But yeah, I outside of that, I mean, like I said, going into this, the only thing I remembered was the Yippie Kaye motherfucker. Um, I don't, I don't really recall any like more memorable, memorable lines outside of that. Um, as I was viewing it, I don't know if you guys have any, but yeah, oh, I like fucking it. shit just... lady. Sound like I'm ordering a pizza. <laughs> yeah. The... Oh my God. It's just absurd. Yeah. This kind of thing of like, just kind of like incompetence, like police and like FBI. That's why I, I think I liked yeah. like with the yeah. uh, like you said, like, yeah, the Yippie is the clearly the most uh, memorable one. But I think uh, Bruce Willis has a lots of just like good one liners, but they're not like the Arnold Schwarzenegger Stallone, like don't lose your head and his head yeah. blows up thing. Like it was more like, yeah, it, like uh, what was that you, Jamie, who said like, uh, they look like a mortar to pizza. Like it seemed like he his like sheer panic over the walkie or one liners were just kind of more comical than anything. Cause he's like, like F you guys, what the hell get to work? What do you do here in LA? So. And I wonder if that stuff is in the script. Like when he's talking to himself, those are some of my favorite parts. Like, why didn't you save him, John? Cause you'd be dead too, asshole. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, of course he'd be thinking that. And yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you know, get that monologue out somehow. I, I don't know. I love that stuff. Um, did you know that this movie was nominated for four Academy Awards? Really? Yeah, Which but uh, sound editing oh, effects yeah. and more effects. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the score for this film was actually pretty good. Like it, there's moments where I was like, oh, it's kind of like it can't. Who did the score for this? The, the moments I was like, this kind of sounds like John Williamsy, you know, but because it sounded like creepy Christmas music, like with the <laughs> the weird jingle bell music yeah. on it. Uh, Michael Kamen did it. Okay. Um, he did like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and okay. X Men. Matt, you guys want to get to the Christmas movie debate? Debate. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm really, I'm really anxious for that one. Uh, actually, you know what? I was gonna say uh, one more thing is, um, as I was watching this, I was thinking to myself, does Bruce Willis like in his contract? It's like. I gotta be shirtless. <laughs> I have to be shirtless for this this percentage of the film. I need to be shirtless or wearing uh I'll be politically correct, the uh, A shirt. Yeah. A, uh, under under shirt. A shirt, yeah. <laughs> so I Chad, I'm actually glad you brought that up because looking at him, like sure, his arms are pretty like big, but like he's not like the Arnold and uh he's not like the typical eight, late eighties, nineties action star at the time so it, i thought it was funny that his shirt was off to be like he almost seemed like i don't want to say the everyman because he's a little bit more cut than most but it's not like he was just like shaved chest ripped six-pack yeah baby oil all, all over him um i did appreciate that with his undershirts uh i did read the fun fact of there were 17 different types of undershirts uh varying with war, uh, wear and tear and dirt um and like, so in the movie, I was trying to like, kind of pay attention to that. And it's very clear, like after he gets out of like, when he jumps in the elevator into the air duct and he's like, go to the party, have a few laughs and like shuts the lighter <laughs> when he gets out of that, then all of a sudden, like the undershirt is just brown <laughs> and just gross. Yeah, <laughs> so. I noticed that too, right after the vent scene, he's just disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good, but um, no, I'd like to think to your point, I'd like to think in his contract, he's like, you know, my best features are my feet. I'd, I'd like if I didn't wear shoes in this movie. 
Yeah. No? Okay. <laughs> yeah. How did that plot point even happen? It was the it was someone the, told him to rub his feet in the carpet. It was the one. It was the one line at the very beginning of the movie. The guy in the plane was like, "Oh, you hate to fly, huh? When you get out of here, like, take off your socks and shoes and curl your feet into fists on the carpet." And he does, and he's like, "Oh, I'll be darned!" It, like it worked. And I'm like, "I don't even understand it. You're off the plane. What does it matter yeah, now?" I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> so I don't yeah, know. They just needed a way to get his shoes off. That's right. all that was. So, like I said, I think in the contract, they're like, I think it's my feet. Not to mention, okay, he killed Carl's brother, right? Carl's brother was, like, easily 6'3", six, 6'2", six, and he's like, oh, man, this guy has baby feet. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that cannot be possible. <laughs> so, that I guess we got can't wear any shoes in this movie. Speaking of his feet and his brother, did you know that uh, Carl was a ballerina? Alexander Godunov? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. I, but... I did not know that. I do like that the uh, the terrorists weren't picked necessarily to be true to like the German um, uh, descent or whatnot. It was for their villainous looking faces. <laughs> but that's fun. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I mean, which is true. I mean, in all '90s movies, you look at they're they're the same terror. I mean, you look at like Air Force One. All the Russian guys in, on Air Force One are in other movies as terrorists. <laughs> right. Let's let's be honest. Oh, actually, speaking of bad guys, I wanted to give a give a shout out for uh, uh, Al Leung. Leung. Oh yeah, like, what's he from? He's been in like uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. Um, he's he's in like if you like look at him like he's been in like so many like action movies as the bad guy. Always gets killed. I was trying to look up some information on him, and it looks like he was also in. This movie that was done not too long ago called Asian, like really awesome or really bad Asian bad guys or something like that, that um, he made with like a couple like young filmmakers. But yeah, he's really awesome. He's kind of like the quintessential bad guy from like 80s to like mid 90s. I feel like uh, action films. Plays Genghis Khan and Bill and Ted's. Yes, yes. I think that's okay. the only movie he's in that he doesn't get killed. Now I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that guy's in a lot of things. All right. Die Hard. Is this a Christmas movie? Oh. Well, hold on. You know what I think we need to level set on first? Okay, all right, all right. What, yeah. what defines a Christmas movie? Well, Casey, it's funny you bring that then up. Because then we can judge this movie by that, by that criteria. You know what I'm saying? Well, traditional Christmas themes such as love, hope, generosity, faith, redemption, family, or fear must be involved. <laughs> well, I, I, I can okay. tell you researched this. Okay, oh, well, I looked so, it up. <laughs> so uh, this movie, Die Hard, there's love, there's reconciliation, a reunited marriage. Yep, there's hope, there's fear. There's hope, sure. yeah, there's definitely fear. Okay, okay. Other are, are there other criteria? Uh family and generosity and faith. Well, you know, he you know, he did all this to well, he didn't do it to win his wife back, but it certainly helped. I think with the generosity, I mean, didn't those like bear bonds just get flown all over LA? Yeah, for sure. Woo. Sure. He was generous with his body hey. and time. He could oh, have yeah. been eating pizza at the bowling alley, but instead he was, you know, saving hostages. Okay. Hmm, Any other is- what other criteria? This is so not uh, fair, being from the Midwest, but I would say snow. But obviously, that's not fair because it doesn't snow everywhere on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. doesn't doesn't snow in the southern hemisphere because it's summer. 
Well, the good yeah. news is I think they, <laughs> I think they cure that uh, little situation. I bet somebody else uh, made a comment about that. Like, oh, they can't. This can't be a Christmas movie. There's no snow. Well, it's a good thing we have Die Harder coming out in 1990, which takes place also over Christmas, and there's snow. <laughs> Do well, there was the a lot of ash from the burning building. Do all the Die Hard movies take place around Christmas? Just the first two. Okay. <laughs> You're right. That would have been an awesome thing to keep going. I did think it was interesting, though. This movie, it came out in either June or July in the theaters. Uh, so I think it's funny when they have, like, you know, it takes place on a certain week or theme. Um, and, like, where it doesn't vary in seasons and it comes out in the summer. Like, because, yeah, yeah the, the argument is there's Christmas music the whole movie. They're humming Christmas tunes the whole movie. There's Christmas lights. They're at a Christmas office Christmas party. Well, James, it's called Christmas in July. We're off. Oh, that's true. Yeah, well, that's well, okay. On, so, though. what's everyone's vote? Let's yeah. just what's everyone's vote? Everyone give their pitch. Oh, I th- I think it's a Christmas movie based on they're going to a Christmas party. That is like the essential place it's taking. Like, I mean, office Christmas party. Sure, terrorists didn't show up, but you still consider it a Christmas movie. Jamie, okay, I I feel like it being released in July is a huge tell. Because I've, I've always been of the opinion, like, it's not a Christmas movie. We all just want it to be so badly. And it's like a funny thing. And then somehow it, we made it a Christmas movie. Like, I don't know if that was the internet. I don't know if that was word of mouth beforehand. But then I kind of, like, was changing my mind a little bit when he sends um Carl's brother uh, down with the Santa hat on and writes, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. I was like, that's an interesting little mm-hmm. holiday flourish. So I might be changing my tune because for the longest time I was like, no, you guys are crazy. It's set on Christmas, but not a Christmas movie. But I might be changing my mind. So I'm still undecided. Well, and Jamie, I'd like to think that, sure, it came out in July, but that means the VHS must have come out around Christmas. Oh, shit. Ding, <laughs> ding, Chad, I bet, it, Chad. I bet it was free with a value meal at McDonald's. <gasps> Yeah, I'm trying to think of movies that take place during Christmas that I would not consider a Christmas movie that still may have these themes. Um, A movie that's set during the Christmas season? Yes. Is this a Christmas movie? I would say no. I guess Is Bad Santa a Christmas movie? Um, (laughs) Yeah, Santa Claus is in it. Well, Santa Claus was in this one, too. Poe. Oh, well, not really, not really. And uh, Billy Bob Thornton was not Santa Claus. He was a mall Santa. So was Santa himself in this movie? No, you're not going to get me on this one. Are you kidding me? Do you think John McClane did this by himself without the spirit of Christmas at his back? Is um, is Gremlins (laughs) a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Got you good. No, I would agree that it is. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I just went watching this. I just don't. I don't know. I just never really. Christmas is, is like the furthest thing from. Is Hawkeye a Christmas TV show? Um, Spoilers. I'm just kidding. We'll only say tell them about the season <laughs> of which the show takes place. <laughs> that will drastically change my viewing experience if I know this. I would say no, because again, it's not the first thing that I think of when I'm I'm watching like Hawkeye. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a lot of uh, things to. You guys seem to have a lot of lot more uh, 
<laughs> ammo at your disposal on why this is. But honestly, well, like watching it, like I'm just not. <laughs> it's I just don't think anything about Christmas. I don't know. Well, I just don't well, how about this? Christmas let's, spirit in this. Let's dive into then what are right now our current um, go to Christmas movies right now? Because the reason why I'm I'm more than ready to lean towards it is a Christmas movie is because it gives us another option. Like I can choose not to watch Home Alone again this year. I could watch Die Hard and be just as satisfied. Yeah, hold on then. Good point. Why is Home Alone a Christmas movie and this isn't? Yeah, because Kevin McAllister is probably the smallest terrorist that ever has lived. But they're they're I, I just think they're akin because they're both just set over Christmas. The you know, the family reuniting with him is no different than John McClane reuniting with his wife at the end. Like there is a little bit of family element to it as well. But it's just a it's a disaster movie just one's a kid's one the other one's a you know terrorist action movie i heard that uh um john hughes actually used die hard as the inspiration when writing the script for home alone no stop it no that's not at all true (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to find the words and it took me a minute i'm glad somebody believed me for half a second you know william (laughs) shakespeare william shakespeare used die hard as inspiration for romeo and juliet that's so obvious so obvious Okay, hold on. Well, let me. I'll just let me circle back and let me put. I'll. I'll give you my vote, and maybe that'll we can squash it there. Pedantically, I think if you go line by line in the criteria, it it fits the bill of a Christmas movie. But I think to Chad's point, I don't think it has the Christmas soul or the Christmas spirit. I think if you if you just go by the checklist of what makes a Christmas movie, right? There's there's Christmas music in it. There's Christmas references. There's Santa, ho, ho, ho. Does anyone it's say Merry Christmas. Christmas in this movie? It's a good point. It's a good point. Also, is, besides Bad Santa, is there a Christmas movie where you do see boobs? Because it does happen <laughs> a couple times in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> So what I think happened, and what I think this is probably the, you know, that's not probably true. I was going to say this is the closest you can get to a Christmas movie in that genre. You know, over-the-top, violent action movie, you know, hero action movie. This might be the closest you could get to that. But that might not be entirely true. But I think if it were, if it got closer to Christmas, it would be more over-the-top and wacky. Not to say this is more realistic, right? But this is certainly like not a cartoonish, cartoonish violence or something weird like that. Um, it's probably the closest you could get to a Christmas movie in this genre. Yeah, like I'm wondering if you change the script, just one thing, Chad. Like, let's say the terrorists do everything that they're going to do, except for when they get up to the 30th floor, Hans Gruber is already there in a Santa costume that people are like sitting on his lap at the Christmas party. <laughs> Does that make this a Christmas movie now? Uh, also missed opportunity guys i'm just saying i don't recall any references about like trying to get like back home for christmas like anything directly pointed at like christmas time to like where that is like the driving theme that which i would make it or call it a christmas film so there's nothing about christmas that's part of the central plot that i think I could get behind that as that being a characteristic of something needing to be a, you would need that to be considered a Christmas movie. 
Okay, Chad, you sold me. It's not a because this. <laughs> you know, maybe this is maybe this is the uh, the test. It, what if you swap Christmas with that's a New Year's party? The same thing could have happened. The story could have played out exactly the same. Yeah, that's true. So Home Christmas Alone... wasn't integral to the plot. Yeah, because in Home Alone, um, Catherine O'Hare is trying to get home so she can be there on Christmas. Or like, yeah. you know, he doesn't have to wake up and spend Christmas by himself. Well, but you know, I'll even I'll argue for Home Alone too in that instance that Christmas was integral to the plot too because didn't they the the sticky the wet bandits sticky bandits they targeted that neighborhood because a lot of people were gone over the holidays like they went to warmer places because they were all rich right yeah, they went true. to Caribbean places over Christmas and they even say that I think when they're scoping out houses like a lot of these will be empty they're at their vacation house. So I would argue Christmas is part of the plot. Okay, Casey's got me sold. It's a Christmas movie. See what I did there, Jamie? You were you were uh, waffling there. Where, where where are you landing? Yeah, I oh man, I because like my case for it being a Christmas movie is kind of James's for it not being. It's like I feel like people would talk me into it being a Christmas movie, and I'd be like, oh yeah, fine, what the hell? But <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> you lemming. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to go like Kirsten Cinema here and like not vote, but that's kind of where I'm leaning. Oh my god, no, Joe! I, and he's the Joe Manchin of our podcast. Shit. <laughs> that being said, in my in my heart of hearts, it's not. But <laughs> there you go. I'm gonna agree with that. In my heart of hearts, it's not. But by golly, I'm gonna keep the joke alive, and I'm gonna say it is. Okay, <laughs> you contrarian. Okay, everyone is looks like they're just sticking to their guns. James, no, I switched. You, you did okay. All right, I I will agree that in my heart of hearts it's not, but to keep the joke alive, I'm gonna say it is. Like outside of this voting process, I will vote no because I have to tell the truth. You never lie when you vote. I here's the deal, and I will I'll agree. Unless with you, it's those ballots from China made on that bamboo paper. <laughs> Stop the steal. <laughs> Um, I'll agree with you, Chad, I, that it, it is not. But the thing of the matter is, is I probably only watch Die Hard around the holidays. So I don't know. I guess take that with what it, you want. Hmm, okay. But also, I, did, I just thought of a fun thing. Again, this is going to be another maybe a view from the terrorist perspective. But what if when they showed up in that van, they showed up at the Kenosha Kickers. John Candy walks out. <laughs> and, like, it's just this yeah. whole deal. Like, that's how they get into the front door. Like, they're just playing this polka band. Oh, man. And John Candy was actually supposed to be the villain. Oh, missed opportunities. Yeah. Earlier. They never made it to Sheboygan. Yeah. Polka, they're polka, very big polka. in Sheboygan. <laughs> Yeah, earlier when we were talking about the conversations that just went on and on between McLean and the cop, like I was thinking of like, oh, it'd be like a, a great parody to have them like continue to talk and talk and talk. And like they kind of, you know, but in the, in the background, like all this other shit is going on. And just because they're having these like close, uh, intimate conversations about like their their backgrounds and like their family, like all of a sudden they're like, Oh, what? Like everything has just gone to shit. Like all the cops are dead. All oh, the it's like, anyway. I would like that. <laughs> see, I would like, there's lots of ways to go with this movie with rewrites that I would obviously still go see. So, you know, um, I, 
I thought about this today too. Like, yeah, obviously, I don't think there would have been enough time to do this, but I was like, oh, this might be like a good like uh, uh, for an we episode to where we where we do yeah, or write a sequel or like write and what your perfect uh, action movie would be from if you made an eighties action movie. <laughs> oh, from an eighties action movie perspective, yeah, yeah that'd be good. <laughs> um let's uh let's get into holiday movies and like what everybody is watching or needs to watch every year um like you said i know we did this over the uh christmas vacation movie but i'm curious if any of them's changed uh for you chads especially as your kids have gotten older yeah one thing i did want to say i I know like when we did the christmas vacation pod i was kind of sour on christmas vacation i don't know if it's just like the time i watched it back then but i've seen it a few times this season and I don't know what I was thinking, but I, yeah, I really enjoy that movie. I don't, <laughs> I was really sour on it before, but yeah, I really enjoy that one. So that's my little go back on that movie. But um, this year we watched, I think it's on Netflix. It's called like a boy named Christmas or something like that. It, yeah, that sounds right. I saw it show up in the queue. Yeah, it it looks and sounds like something that might be really bad. But um, yeah, we watched it as a family and it, I thought it was a really great family movie it was kind of like the um origin story of santa claus but without i don't know it's just it was kind of interesting movie how they went about it and yeah i thought it was actually really good so um i've added that to my christmas list and another one we've gone back to is the animated grinch film which came out i think maybe in 2019 um oh with uh cumberbatch right yeah yeah, I really like that. That's I think that might be my favorite Grinch. Even over like the original like uh um the the original, oh, the original cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. 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 So I, I like that one Ch- a lot. So, like really entertaining. Got something to say, Jamie? Well, that's that's I was just going to say that's been one of the greatest pieces of content recommendation you've given me cuz my girls love that movie. It's their favorite movie. Is that one a good one? So that's a good one for like what ages are we talking here? I liked it too. I, yeah, like, I think well, all, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I think it's well. I'm yeah. not. I was actually thinking the reversal, like uh, for what ages with kids, because like uh, I think like a common conversation is like for adults, like we want to watch movies like Home Alone or Elf, and that might be too much for kids between three and five. You know what I mean? Like we're Home Alone. Like how do you explain that to a child? Yeah, you're asking the wrong person because I'm like the king of baby potentially not <laughs> making like, great parenting decisions. My six like watching movies. Predator. Like, yeah, we watched <laughs> we watched like all the pretty. I think we have like one more Harry Potter film to watch. So like you, like the Dementors. Like we had a friend that's saying like, "Oh, Lorenzo, cut that out, Chad." Thinking that you know my oldest son would be scared of the Dementors, and he's just like, "What are you talking about? They're not scary." And then we watched um, Gremlins last week <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was yeah. earlier this week like monday night yeah so that went well except for the part where uh, phoebe kate's kate's character says like oh that was the moment when she's talking about her dad that was the moment i found out there wasn't a santa claus and i was like oh. <laughs> and we uh, we skated we we talked to we talked through that one and i don't even i don't remember what we said but we got through that safe then um he wasn't scared of the movie until the very end when they do the little line of, you know, if you hear if your dishwasher stops working and whatever, you hear something under your bed, it might just be a gremlin or something like that. And that kind of freaked him out. <laughs> and you're like, just don't feed him. He'll be fine. Yeah. 
But I would say the Grinch, I would say that's pretty. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, I don't know. We've been watching it with our kids since it was released. So a few years back. I think yeah. we watched that one last year with, with uh, my son. I think he liked that one. He is obsessed with the classic Grinch to the point where we read the book all year long, not just during Christmas. Um, we will spontaneously listen to it in the car, even when it's not Christmas. And I'm talking like the soundtrack where it's basically just the movie on soundtrack. You're yeah. just listening yeah. to the movie. Um, so I'll always have a soft spot for the OG um, I didn't, I don't really know if I liked the Jim Carrey one. I I don't know that I've seen it all the way through, but from what I saw, I wasn't a big fan. Um, but I liked the, uh, I liked the new one, the animated one. That's a good one. Uh, Christmas movies that I always have to see, obviously, um, Christmas vacations, a classic. I'm a, I'm a big lover of a Christmas story. Maybe it's like yes. Stockholm syndrome at this point because it's on every year on repeat on like TNT. And so I always catch a chunk of it. Um, but no, I just grew up watching that movie every Christmas at some point, watching some of that, um, the, the theater in my hometown even like did it uh, every couple of years. They do like a, a live stage version, you know, of that story, the Christmas story as well. So I've always liked the Christmas story. Um, but other than that, those are kind of my, Oh, sorry. Last big Christmas go to is, uh, I, I'm, I love anything Muppets, but the Muppets Christmas Carol. I think is oh, uh, pretty yeah. awesome. That's an awesome one. Yeah, I love that movie. Because what's his face? Uh, Alfred from Batman is the is Scrooge, and he's just amazing. So My- Michael Caine. Michael yeah, Michael Caine <laughs> is Scrooge. Yeah, it's 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 a great and I, I like all uh, I like Christmas Carol as a story. So I like different adaptations of it, and I think the Muppets. I love all things Muppets, and they do a really good uh, adaptation of it. So, like the we're Marley and Marley. <laughs> yeah, Woo! exactly. Yeah, it's so good. I love the Muppets, man. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> the Muppets, the old guys from the Muppet Show. Yeah, they're the best. Walt Staten, Staten and Waldorf, or something like that. Yeah, it, I was. It maybe sounded like I was like insulting you. <laughs> here's casey i love the muppets and i'm like nobody cares <laughs> no. <laughs> no i think we all got it uh for me i always yeah christmas vacation i think i think i appreciate that movie more now than i did when i was a kid i think it was like funny to me but i didn't understand a lot of the humor um and then christmas vacation now like i do want to uh try to i haven't watched it yet this year but it's definitely on my list my sister and i um, we're going to do Christmas at her place or Christmas Eve at her place and watch movies. And she already texted me like, all right, we got to make a list of which ones we're watching. So we don't F this up this year. Like we'd spend too much time debating on what we're going to watch. <laughs> right. Get arguing. like a planned list. So we just, Oh yeah. Just so get it. And... Yeah. Get after it. Like, yeah. okay, we're going to watch this one when the kids are up and the kids go to bed. We watch this and like, yeah. So um, one that I came across last year, it's on Disney plus it's called Noel um and it's got anna kendrick and bill Hader in it i didn't know anything about this movie except for the cover of it has those two in like santa costumes and that's kind of it it is delightful it is like uh it's like a female-led elf movie so if you liked the movie elf like you'll this um you'll be on board with 
Um, she's like basically uh, the daughter of Santa and then, um, and Bill Hader is like the son of Santa and he's going to take the reins, but kind of like Amish community style, he goes off into the world to, you know, get his week out and then come back and take over as Santa. And then he doesn't come back and she goes to try to find him. Um, and they're like in LA, I don't know. It's just very adorable. Uh, talking about like, is this a Christmas movie? What about the nightmare before Christmas? I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I, that that feels more Halloween to me. I watched it over Halloween, not Christmas. No, I think technically that is a film that would have to be classified as both a Christmas movie and a Halloween movie because it directly speaks to both holidays. Yeah, that one in case too, like the nightmare before Christmas, that's our uh, Grinch. <laughs> like the oh really yeah yeah yeah. we're we're still listening to this is halloween perfect Um, and i think when lorenzo was when lorenzo was like three we watched the nightmare before christmas i think from like october through like the following march (laughs) or april that's there's a period of like a month where we watched it like every day (laughs) that's awesome i mean that's a great soundtrack so yeah it's awesome I, i wouldn't be mad about that that's awesome Go Danny Elfman. What's this? So I got one more, and it's it's local. You guys, it's not good, but damn it if it's not fun in a really bad way is Jingle All the Way. Oh, no. yeah. Who told you could eat my cookies? <laughs> Jingle All the Way. So at Target, it's in the $5 like bin, and I saw oh, it. And I all go, of them. And I'm like, this is one. This is, I mean, I buy most Christmas movies, so there's always options. And uh, this is one I don't own. And I grabbed it, looked at it, and go, no. And I put it back. <sighs> I don't, because I'm like, because I, um, I think I saw it when it first came out. And then I think it was last year, or maybe it still is on Netflix. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a whirl. And so I did, and I was so mad, <laughs> like that I wasted all my time. And then I was yes. like, I'm like, why, what did we do with Sinbad? Why can't we make more things like, House guest or whatever that movie was called. <laughs> oh man! So like, I don't get me wrong. Now that we're talking about it, I'm probably gonna go back and buy it. But like, I'm you just should, like, that should be a present. You should give everyone you love a copy of that. Oh my god! For that Christmas. Movie, that movie you was so terrible. But it's. <laughs> you're right, though. It was filmed at the Mall of America, wasn't it, or something, or or in Minneapolis. Yeah. Yep, and St. Paul. He everyone always ends up at Mickey's Diner. You know. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Had a good time there. Oh, yeah, I always had a soft spot because the main character's name was Jamie. <laughs> that was the only <laughs> movie I ever saw as a kid who's had a character named Jamie. I only watch movies with the main character, Jamie. <laughs> Leave me alone. Leave me alone. No, it's bad, though. It's, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, that's yeah. why I hit, like, Casey only watches Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I get to watch. That's it. <laughs> And reruns of uh, the ball drop on New Year's with Casey Kasem. <laughs> reruns though, right? He doesn't. I don't think he does. Is he alive anymore? I don't uh, think he does anymore. I believe. No, he, yeah, he's right. So over. Him. They transferred him into like a hard drive. I think <laughs> he's a hologram now. Yeah. Well, going back to 1980. I mean, he's still he's still uh, shelling out the on Sunday. I was uh, in the car and on the, yeah, cool 108. He was shelling out all the Christmas classics, and it was case. I'm going, and number eighty eight this week we got, <laughs> and yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, how, man, they do have just loads and loads of digital recordings of this dude, don't they? Well, I mean, how many years? I mean, the guy was like a radio icon for 
like since the beginning i feel yeah like. i was gonna say it was for like at least 40 50 years yeah. or something maybe that's too long but yeah i'm with you yeah I have, you know i have one more recommendation too like i don't really know if this movie is that good but we actually enjoyed it and i feel like it's almost kind of like a a newer version of a christmas story but i was not a fan not a fan of christmas story but is the 8-bit christmas that's on hbo max i've been waiting i want to watch it i was hoping this weekend or tomorrow yeah i thought it was really fun and um yeah i thought it was like a i'll good give it a try movie, so, what's yeah. the premise or should i walk in blind it's the premise is like um it's actually pretty cool it's pretty funny where he's like telling um like a christmas story of when he was a kid to his daughter about how all he wanted for Christmas was a Nintendo Entertainment System. Interesting. They made a movie Sweet. that is all relatable to almost every single child of our age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's it and just tells a story about why why he wanted it and everything that he went through. And like one of his friends in the movie is like this this kid. Like they there's like one kid in town that got a Nintendo and like everyone goes to this place to try to get in and it's like almost like trying to get into like studio 54 you know like <laughs> kids in like a, is in like a robe and he's like picking like 10 people to come in and he's like oh you oh you but yeah i thought it was yeah it was, it was pretty entertaining there's some good moments in it but that's awesome that uh like that brought me back to i think in the christmas vacation movie i think i talked about this is that the christmas when nintendo's came out like my parents got one we were like just so excited opened it up and it didn't turn on and and like we were just crushed and then all of a sudden my dad comes like from like the bedroom closet and is like but wait we have a backup one and i'm like what just happened and like i think as a kid i'm like i was more just excited like yeah working nintendo as an adult i'm like dad how did you score two ps5s over christmas right like you know and i'm like yeah. and, and also what was your intention that we ruined with you trying to make money off of the second ps5 right. and now it's just going to be <laughs> yep. returned to the store <laughs> so yeah, awesome. th- thanks dad <laughs> you know what we did forget we forgot like the box office information but uh well actually Hello. i did find the box office information interesting um what part of i it? The part like it didn't seem like it made a lot at all. Like compared to like what you think Die Hard would make. Hold on, I'm trying to get to it. Yeah, I was like had a I found a budget of between twenty five and thirty five million and a box office between 139 and 141 million. Wait, maybe did I was I looking at the wrong thing when I saw this then? Maybe. Oh, maybe I was just noticing like opening weekend. Like like it in my head, like if the movie cost twenty eight million, um and uh the opening weekend was six hundred thousand. Like, do you think they were going to make a sequel? <laughs> so, so James, I read a little bit about that in the Wikipedia or, um, thing on Diehard. Yeah, and I think it it got kind of panned from the critics at first, which is why it was a little soft. And then I'm guessing word of mouth kind of took over there, and everyone was like, "No, actually, this is a lot of fun." Okay, like I, I was like. I keep feeling like I'm reading the numbers wrong. And because I'm like this, I feel like this doesn't make sense compared to how popular Die Hard seems to be. I was really hoping on um, IMDb it would have DVD box office sales or something like where like, yep, everybody owns at least a copy of this franchise um, for the most part. And then also I wasn't joking in the beginning when I said, well, Australia in Australia, it made $59 opening weekend. 
but I'm sure it was at two, two, one theater, two theaters. It was like played from like the back of some dude's like pickup truck, <laughs> right? Like the side of a barn. <laughs> it's like like with a gas powered uh, generator, right? <laughs> Makes sense. All right, awesome. Should we wrap this up? Yep. All right. Before we go, we want to thank you for downloading this episode of Movie Time Machine. And remember, new episodes always drop on Fridays. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Movie Machine Pod, and if you go on there, DM us, give us any feedback or comments on this episode or other episodes in the past. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and catch you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.